0: We believe that
1: all men are
2: created equal To
0: the magnificent mosaic that is America radio beacon to radio beacon I have a dream
1: Change has come to America Believe
3: me Help is on the way Knock, knock Who's there? It's a figment of your imagination Randy Roach
1: History is
4: repeating itself and if you need any more proof, Jon Stewart is back hosting The Daily Show. Starting February 12th, Stewart will appear every Monday in the series he turned into an institution across an award-winning 16-year stint. The
1: world is demonstrably worse than when I started. Have I
4: caused this? (laughs) But The Daily Show has been without a permanent host since his successor, Trevor Noah, stepped down in 2022. This
0: has been an honor, thank you.
4: Leading to a rotation of guest hosts from comedian Sarah Silverman to now former correspondent Roy Wood Jr.
3: I actually I actually hosted the program, to be honest with you. The Daily Show had a white host? Yeah.
4: <laughs> Who repeatedly mouthed hire a host at the Emmys last week, as the show won
5: for Best Variety Talk Series. If they were going to hire somebody and get a big splash out of it, you can't top John Stewart coming back to The Daily Show.
4: Journalist Chris Smith worked with Stewart to write an oral history of his Daily Show
5: tenure. By the end of John's time at the show, he was a major player in the political conversation. And he wants to have a voice that's heard far and wide in that conversation.
4: Stewart briefly re-entered the space in 2021 with an Apple TV Plus show that ended after two seasons. Now, his return to The Daily Show includes an executive producer title, and with it, a likely vision for the show's point of view, with the presidential election in focus.
1: A billionaire vanity candidate taking the escalator to the White House.
5: John has always been uh, smart enough and critical enough um, to poke holes in the lies and mistakes and hypocrisies on both sides.
2: Uh-huh. Hey. Oh. <laughs> well, first of all, they said Oral and John Stewart in that report. So, right there. Sold. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Are you excited? Did you hear this news? I'm sure you heard this news. This is huge news. This is big news. This is big news in the political arena. It's big news in the comedy arena. It's big news in the entertainment arena. It's big news in American history's arena of absurdity. This is unbelievably great news. Um, You know, obviously, uh, Trevor Noah uh, left The Daily Show about a year ago. They've never replaced the host. They they just, uh, you know, they've been rotating. I'll rotate this I mean no one can get you know like comfortable or fall in love with the host or hostess because they change them like uh, you know uh, panties and nobody uh, is uh, comfortable with any of it so that was interesting I didn't even notice that Roy Wood you know the correspondent I didn't even notice that he was standing on the stage and I watch all the award shows I watch it with a listener of ours believe it or not a woman I've never met never met but you've you've seen her stuff too uh, Stephanie B., I won't say her last name because I don't want her to get inundated with, uh, you know, uh, you know randos. But anyway, Stephanie B., she's the one that uh, sends us every uh, month. She sends us all the cartoons that she, uh, you know, creates, uh, file for. She loves cartoons. She loves political cartooning. And so she collects them all month, and then we uh, air them in the breaks so everybody can see the work. You know that cartoonists do, political cartoonists do, and some of it is hysterical. It's so uh, freaking good. Anyway, Stephanie and I, uh, we watch uh, the E. You know all the fashion. We do the worst dress, the best dress. We have our own thing going on. It's our own little uh, girl thing. But uh, you know uh, the the idea that 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 you know John Stewart uh, was not. Uh, anyway, we were watching the the. Um, award shows together and i didn't realize this but roy wood who is a correspondent you know how they had um you know the good liars a correspondents and uh obviously uh what's it? john oliver was a correspondent and um uh, uh who uh what's his name who had well he had a spinoff show the whole the whole freaking thing
4: jordan klepper no Was no he was also
2: though Anyway, uh so Roy Wood was standing on the stage mouthing please hire a host please hire a host. Stephen Colbert. Why what how oh, co- yeah, no. how could we blank out on Stephen Colbert both of us? That's tr- Klepper's more recent but yeah I, I you completely forget the Colbert. Yeah. Jordan Klepper isn't he one of the good liars?
4: Uh, I'm not sure. What? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's one oh, of the good liars God. but he was a so, correspondent. Oh
2: okay, So okay so from now show. on I'm not going to go to you for any comedy stuff like none I mean you, you're like football and that's it that's like football and, and and strains I guess of uh you know
6: <laughs> how dare you
2: I think that's it I think that's the breath and depth
6: <laughs> and who do you think you are
2: <laughs> your friend I'm your friend I'm trying to expand your horizons here just a tad just a touch just uh but anyway uh so so uh I, I'm thrilled I'm thr- but here's the thing okay here's the thing and it's always something. Why? Because when you're that big, you have an agent, okay? Something I've never had. When you're that big, you have an agent, and the agent negotiates various uh, stuff that you want in exchange for stuff that the network or the show or the whatever, whoever you're dealing with wants, right? And I don't know. There's like this Monday Maddow madness thing that's going on where it's now okay, it's now an ask. It's now a thing. I would never have thought, you know, this is crazy. It's almost the 20-year anniversary of the launch of Air America. <laughs> it's dead. But uh, that thing, that thing, I, I, in, my, in my whole life, it never occurred to me, never occurred to me to ask to work only one day a week. Did it ever occur to any of you to go to your boss and say, I only want to work Mondays, but I want to get paid as if I'm working five days a week. You know, when, when Air America first started, do you, do you know how many days a week I worked? Do you know? Six. Six days a week, okay? And you know how many hours I did? Four. <laughs> Four hours a day, tw- six days a week. I mean, really, and now you could, you could go in and you could ask to just do Mondays. I I don't know where that came from. I don't know what that is. I I, honestly, the nerve of it is uh, really uh, pretty amazing. You know, Brent and I, I was just talking to him about it. And I'm like, when do we get to work like only Monday? I mean, since I am my own boss and I am my own agent, I guess I could negotiate with my own damn self, my own damn hours and my own damn days, right? And so I could uh, actually arrange for that to happen sort of, kind of, except the people that distribute the show for us, you know, the people that rely on it being there every single day, you know, the other people that are involved in the distribution of the show who are not me, I don't think they'd go for it. I don't think they'd be down by, uh, you know, uh, me working one day. But, you know, Brett said, well, why don't we just start with being off on Mondays? Yeah, why don't we? <laughs> you know? But that's the thing. So John Stewart wants to be the executive producer, which, you know, I mean, obviously, this is his show. This is his vision. This was his child. This was his baby. This, was, You know, uh, uh, the, the idea that um, it was, you know, what's his name, Carson Daly's show? And that's, yeah. No, originally it was... Um, Carson Daly. N- no, 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 no. It was... Uh, I know, I've, I've been corrected on this a million times. Oh, it's the guy that went to
4: Sports Center for a little bit, then he had his own news show, and then he be- went into acting. Ah, uh, I'm, I'm blanking now, but I'll see, get
2: see. You're blanking now, and you blanked before, and you bl- this is, uh, Well, this I was is... right
4: about Jordan Klepper, and he's not a good liar. Oh no, he's not. No,
2: ma'am. So who are the good liars? <laughs> I don't know their names. I know. I absolutely <laughs> I know do not. You know. I, should I, know. Know. I should know. I know. know. I know you don't. I know you don't. I know they are amazing. Anyway, there's a short one and a tall one. That's all I know. But um. <laughs> I am really excited. I can't But he'll only be working on Mondays. That's the, the, you know, that's the downside to it. But he's going to executive produce The Daily Show again. Um, And I did see Roy Wood mouthing, please hire a host, please hire a host. So I don't know about the revolving door. I don't know who is going to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I, I don't. But... I can't imagine Jon Stewart's going to do a revolving tour. You know what I mean? I just, I, it just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm just so glad that it's going to be around for this election cycle. <laughs> you know, you got to remember this. Jon Stewart left in 2015. What happened in 2016? Right. <laughs>
6: things randy at randyroads.com go go for launch speaking truth to power the randy rhodes show
0: donald trump is a scab
7: The president of the United Auto Workers didn't just endorse President Biden Wednesday. He also slammed Mr. Biden's opponent for a history of what he described as anti-union policies.
0: Donald Trump is a billionaire, and that's who he represents.
7: President Biden had been courting the UAW and its 400,000 members for some time. Last year, he joined striking workers on the picket line, the first sitting president to do so.
3: We built the, middle class. Yeah. Yeah.
7: the endorsement could give Mr. Biden a boost in the swing state of Michigan, the heart of the U.S. auto industry. Nationwide, 20 percent of voters in 2020 said someone in their household belonged to a labor union. 56 percent of them went for President Biden, 40 percent for Trump. 40- God bless the American worker. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Today, Mr. Biden will travel to another swing state, Wisconsin, to unveil another $5 billion worth of transportation projects, stemming from the infrastructure law he passed in 2022. The latest outlays include $1 billion to replace the aging Blatnick Bridge connecting Duluth and Superior, Wisconsin. 600 million to replace the I-5 bridge connecting Vancouver, Washington to Portland, Oregon and 300 million to build a new container terminal in the port of New Orleans, Louisiana. I mean, how, how, how can people
2: say he's a, he's a bad president? I, I, it was supposed to be infrastructure week every week when Donald Trump was president. Every single week, infrastructure week, every single week. He was, go, he was gonna save uh, Lordstown, he was gonna save the UAW, he was gonna save uh, auto jobs, he's gonna... Everything he said, you know, uh, go ahead, buy a house, don't be afraid, uh, you know, this is going to stay, the carrier thing's going to stay, the Lordstown plate is going to they all closed. Everything, I mean, everything this man ever said about infrastructure, the auto workers, working people in general uh, was a lie. It was all a lie. It was a scam. It was It was just, you know, to buy time or something like that so that you would think he was on your side. But here you have the United Auto Workers Union actually endorsing Joe Biden, and you have a $5 billion announcement today, Uh, a $5 billion new investment in even more infrastructure projects all across this nation, all across the country. Uh, The... Infrastructure Act that passed in uh, November of 2021, this is one of the signature accomplishments. And Biden, uh, you know, actually believes in doing it, number one. But number two, did it to shove it up, uh, you know, uh, you know who's uh, you know what. Because the lying about Infrastructure Week was so incredible and so stupid because if he would have done it, it would have been a good thing for everybody that lives here. Everybody that drives, everybody that crosses a bridge, every truck driver in this nation that uh, you know relies on uh, you know uh, uh, bridges between Vancouver, Washington, and Portland, Oregon, or people who uh, you know actually uh, you know have to uh, work at the port of New Orleans. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean? These projects are needed. These projects are—I I would say—I don't know that they're essential. Uh, we were surviving, but these are the kinds of investments you would expect in a twenty-first century. America and I don't know why uh, you know uh, the, the the orange Jesus st- stood on stages and threatened that he was going to do it and never did it I mean they had they had the presidency they had the house they had the Senate for two stinking years for two years and he never did any of it and I don't know why I honestly don't know why. Maybe he was just inept. I, 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 honestly, I don't know why. And I'm not here to relitigate the last what seven, eight years of hell that we've been through because uh, this man lies. But 600 million is going to be announced today to replace the I-5 bridge between Vancouver, Washington, and Portland, Oregon. It's going to be an earthquake-resistant, multimodal bridge. I'll leave that to uh, you know the civil engineers to explain to me multimodal, I'm guessing trains and cars, I mean, I'm guessing, I don't know, $427 million to establish the first offshore wind terminal on the west coast of off California, $372 million to replace Cape Cod's nearly 90-year-old Sagamore Bridge. 90 years old, 90 years old this bridge is. How else do you get to Cape Cod? Oh, right, a ferry. Okay, good. Um, 300 million for a new container terminal for the Port of New Orleans. 95 million dollars to widen a 10 mile section of I-10 through the Gila River Indian community in Penal County in Arizona. $142 million to fix the I-376 corridor in Pittsburgh, including an area famously known as the bathtub due to its regular flooding. $150 million to, this is the most beautiful project ever, okay, $150 million to reconnect communities that were divided in New York, divided in New York by the Cross Bronx Expressway when it was built in the mid-1900s. Guess what? That's one of those projects that they don't want to teach kids about, you know, uh, 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 <laughs> in, in the 1619 project or in any history class. Yeah, they, they don't want to teach, uh, you know, any, anything about these, uh, you know, projects that were built to, uh, you know, uh, keep, uh, you know, certain people away from other certain people by building roads, to divide them but this is what this is 150 million to reconnect communities that were left out in the cold when they built the cross bronx expressway in new york in the mid 1900s which means 1950 you know uh, yeah so anyway uh that's 400 billion dollars in infrastructure law funding uh so far yeah That's what that is. That's $400 billion so far on infrastructure building for more than 40,000 projects. And Donald Trump is just standing there, uh, you know, uh, with nothing, standing there with an empty hand, standing there begging you for money, pay him, pay him. It's just so sad. I mean, you know, the amount of uh, progress that we've made, and progress feels good to me. I don't know if it feels good to you. Probably feels good for uh, John Stewart too to make some progress. Now, you know what John Stewart was very busy doing, right? John Stewart. It wasn't like idle hands with the devil's workshop or anything. I mean, he was very, um, he was very active. John Stewart was not just in the Apple. Uh, you know, the problem with John Stewart series, which was a very stripped down, bare version of um, a serious look at. The questions that Jon Stewart and others had for our government, you know, and people who are in it, uh, who toil in it and, uh, you know, don't produce anything like what is wrong with you kind of a show. But um, that's not what really Jon Stewart crossed my path about in the last nine years. Jon Stewart was fighting all through 2019 for uh, 2019. Think about this. okay? In 20... for those of you who are um z's gen z's in 2001 america was attacked it was attacked with airplanes four of them um and there were 19 hijackers 15 of them were saudi arabians but okay and they crashed into most notably the world trade center towers one the north tower and south tower the first responders had inhaled a lot of particles and such that gave them very debilitating you know diseases worse than mesothelioma like really bad stuff and in 2019 john stewart was fighting for them to get health insurance Uh (laughs) uh-huh
6: Call in, connect. To speak to Randy, call 561 270 3844. 561 270
0: 3844. Ronald Reagan gave us a great example when federal employees decided they were going to strike. He said, You strike, you're fired. Simple concept to me, to the extent (laughs) that we could use that once again, absolutely. (laughs)
2: <laughs> there you go. Tim Scott, everybody, on his theory of, uh, you know, collective bargaining, on his theory of unionization, on his theory of the unions that built the middle class existing. Uh, Ronald Reagan had a simple concept, uh, you strike, you're fired. That's it. That's, uh, that's my position on unionization. That's my position on collective bargaining. That's my position on, you know, numbers of people who work in a common shop getting together in order to ask and sometimes even demand decent wages for excellent work okay that's their position on unions
0: donald trump is a scab
2: <laughs> and that's the union's position on donald trump yeah i mean it's it's unbelievable joe joe biden you know went to the uaw yesterday to and you remember when See, now I understand why the UAW didn't endorse Joe Biden back a couple of months ago. Do you remember Joe Biden got on the picket line with the UAW workers when they were striking? We had a whole summer of strikes. Does everybody remember the summer of strikes? School teachers, auto workers, uh, writers, screen actors, guild, remember all that? And everybody prevailed. All the people that organized together, all the people that believed in their value as an individual would be increased as a group. Uh, and they could ask for better situations, better salaries, better hours, better benefits, better. They all prevailed. They all prevailed, okay? Because there's power in numbers, as they say. Okay. And at that time, Tim Scott and Donald Trump and the whole the whole Republican Party. Oh well, you know these people are on strike. I say fire them and send in scabs. And that is exactly what Donald Trump's uh, you know entire attitude has been towards workers the entire time he was president. You strike, you're fired. Okay, we don't play games. So, uh, You know it's uh, you know Ronald Reagan was right with the air traffic. Joe Biden got on the picket line. Remember with the auto workers this summer. And walked. With them. And they didn't endorse him right away. And everybody was saying, oh, you know, they're going to endorse Trump. I mean, please give me a break. Now I understand that the reason they didn't endorse uh, Biden during the summer was they wanted to endorse Biden once the general election began. And uh, it would really, really be, uh, you know, current and it would matter. And that is why they did. And all this crazy Fox News, right-wing media bull crap that went on. Oh, well, they didn't endorse Biden because they don't like him. They don't think he's good. They think he's too old. That's such crap. It's such garbage. So Biden went to the UAW yesterday.
3: It's great to be home. One of the best unions in the world. You look out for one another the whole country, the whole country benefits from what you do. You know, please take a seat if you have one. You're tough as they come, starting with your President Sean Fein, a leader with backbone, a backbone like a ramrod. I don't know where he is, but he is. He is. Together, we're proving what I've always believed. Wall Street didn't build America, the middle class built America, and unions built the middle class. That's a fact. Look, I kept my commitment to be the most pro-union president ever. I'm proud you have my back. Let me just say I'm honored to have your back and you have mine. That's the deal.
2: I mean, do you remember that? And everybody would say, oh, you know, Biden, he's a scab, and Biden didn't do this, and Biden didn't do that, and, you know, they didn't endorse him, and Biden, blah, blah, blah. Biden is a pro-union president. He has always been a pro-union president. He is a supporter of collective bargaining. He understands that the middle class has been damaged because of union busting. He understands that unions are responsible for decent wages for the blue-collar workers in our country. Okay, People who literally get up every single day and build things. Donald Trump is a breaker of things. We are builders of things. I mean, this was a this was an amazing moment, and I didn't see. Uh, did you did you see any of the no? And you know what? Today, today, Donald Trump was in uh, a court for like I don't know a minute and three seconds, something like this, uh, because it had to be negotiated between the judge and Alina Habba, the television, uh, the TV attorney who said she'd rather be pretty than smart. She, she actually said that because you can, uh, you can learn to be smart, but you can't learn to be pretty or some crazy uh, you know piece of dung thing, she said. Anyway, uh, today uh, was Donald Trump's big day in court. He was going to go and testify at the E. Jean Carroll case, right? But there was so much contretemps over the fact that he might just spew out some garbage that uh, in front of the jury that could cause a mistrial really that could actually taint the jury so badly that it could cause a mistrial so it had to be negotiated about what she could ask him because you know the the man is is so unhinged and so uh, uh, totally bizarre that he could just start screaming and yelling now one of the things that the judge had the ability to do and he did this in the Sam, uh, Sam Bank, Bankman-Fried case. Uh, I didn't pay attention to it. Uh, but he told Sam that he had to testify outside of the ears of the jury. And that, it's same judge. And then the judge would listen to the testimony. And if the testimony was germane and it applied to the trial, and it was stuff that was in bounds, then he would play it for the jury and the jury could hear his testimony, swear to God. And that was in play for Donald Trump too, right? Well, okay, so Alina Haba negotiated with the judge three questions that she would ask Donald Trump. She asked him the three questions. Uh, She asked him something like, do you stand by your deposition? And he said, yes, I do. And uh, why are you mumbling? Or I don't even know what the other questions were. Anyway, it's over, it's done. And so the judge uh, adjourned for the day, dismissed the jury, Donald Trump was, uh, you know, in the courtroom and screaming, you know, uh, I don't even know her. I don't even know her. Okay. And the jury will come back on Friday and Friday begins closing arguments. This is all that's on TV today. You understand that? That is all that's on the TV today. Is this three seconds of, uh, you know, negotiated uh, time that Donald Trump, uh, you know, answered uh, three, three lousy questions. Meanwhile, Biden is like uh, I don't know. He, yesterday he gets the endorsement of the United Auto Workers Union. Today he's announcing another, you know, five billion dollars in infrastructure spending that will be spent across this country. Things that will be built by workers in this country. Things that will benefit everybody in this country. And I, I and and I'm sitting here listening to uh, you know Donald Trump briefly testified in the Egypt. Ca- Listen if. If this was going to decide whether or not the jury finds that Donald Trump actually sexually assaulted her, raped her, okay, that would be one thing. But that's already been decided by a jury. And the jury decided that he did penetrate her. He did rape her. Uh Uh-huh. This is only about how much does that cost him for throwing himself on her and attacking her in a dressing room. That's all this is. Damages. He's already been found to have done the thing.
6: Speak with Randy Dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844.
3: These investments are paying off. Since I came to office. By the way, the last guy said he's looking for he's hoping for a recession. because he does not want to be the next Herbert Hoover. He's already Herbert Hoover. He's the only president other than Herbert Hoover who lost jobs when he was president. Look, since I came to office, with your help, we've created 14 million new jobs, 14 million. Nearly 800,000 manufacturing jobs nationwide. And that means we're creating American jobs and exporting American products instead of the other way around, like we saw for too long. Really? Unemployment has been below 4% for the longest stretch in 50 years, and it's going down. Wages are up. Household wealth is up. We have the lowest inflation and fastest recovery of any major economy in the world. We have the fastest growing economy in the world. I know we have more to do. And we're making real progress. Over the last year, prices are down on everyday items from a gallon of gasoline to a gallon of milk. And folks are beginning to feel it. Last week, we saw one of the biggest jumps in how positive consumers are about feeling about their personal circumstance. But we have more work to do.
2: I mean, it's an amazing record. Uh, People are saying they're voting on the economy and they're voting on immigration in Iowa and in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's interesting is the economy is percolating. I told everybody yesterday. Please go check your four hundred one k. Although I will say the stock market is not the economy, but if you actually invest your earnings into a four hundred one k, or you put your money that you earn into the stock market to work for you in some, you know, way, shape, or form, then it would be really good for you to, you know, actually have a look see at how well it's doing for you. Everybody else. Uh, We can all go, uh, you know, to the gas station and we can see the prices, uh, you know, are down below. In in most states, the price of a gallon of gas is below $3 in most states. Some states, it's below $2.50. So... You know, uh, if if it's the economy that's uh, worrying you, then I would actually suggest that you uh, listen to what Joe Biden has to tell you about the state of the economy and what the Bureau of Labor Statistics is telling you and what the Fed tells you, because, you know, growth today uh, just came in at 3.3% GDP. This is what Donald Trump said. I mean, we had 5. 5, uh, a quarter of 5.2% growth, right? We did. So it it averages out, but- growth. This is what Donald Trump said he had to give a trillion dollars away to the richest Americans in order to get a 4% GDP, and he never got there. Never did. Just uh, couldn't do it. But, I mean, honestly, for people who are so concerned about the economy and the border, let me tell you this right now, okay? Yesterday, we were always, I won't say always. A lot of days we're ahead of the news. A lot of days we are. And yesterday was one of those days where I was telling you that the border deal is going to die a miserable death because Donald Trump is calling Laura Ingram. Donald Trump is calling Mike Johnson. Donald Trump is calling Mitch McConnell now. And Mitch McConnell had a private lunch yesterday where the entire room blew up. And said, we don't want to do the immigration package because it will be giving Biden credit and we won't do anything. That gives Biden any credit for solving immigration or the border issue because that is a great performer for us. And the more we weaponize the border, the more we talk about the border being in chaos, the more we talk about the border being a mess, the more we talk about immigration out of control, the better off we are at the ballot box in November. But what about national security? Oh, screw national security. We don't care about national security. We don't care about working people. We don't care about uh, you know uh, unionized uh, people. We don't care about auto workers. We don't care about truck drivers. We don't care about anybody else but Donald Trump. What? Yep. And 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 it's being said now, like uh, on the TV, it's actually out there that they will not do jack crap if Biden gets any credit for it.
1: I WANT TO TALK ABOUT HOW REMARKABLE IT IS THAT YOU HAVE HOUSE REPUBLICANS, PEOPLE THAT ARE IN THE PARTY THAT RONALD REAGAN USED TO BE A MEMBER OF THAT ARE SITTING BY KNOWING THEY'RE CAUSING UKRAINIANS TO DIE, Mm. SITTING BY KNOWING THEY'RE STANDING IN THE WAY OF ISRAELI FUNDING, AND THEY HAVE FROM THE BEGINNING, YOU KNOW, THEY TRIED some. Some trick about, oh, well, w- w- this time Israeli aid. We've never paid for any other aid, but we're going to have to pay for Israeli aid. That's what the speaker was saying about Israel. And then on the border, they're just out and out saying, we're going to let fentanyl keep flooding across the border, killing Americans, even though we could stop it. We're going to let illegal immigrants keep flooding across the border, causing chaos for communities, chaos for cities like New York by uncontrolled immigration. Immigration's great, it's got to be controlled. We now have the Senate Republicans and the White House and the Senate Democrats with a deal, the toughest border deal ever that would stop fentanyl from flooding across the border. Stop they're saying no and they're admitting Republicans are admitting House Republicans no We don't want to fix this. We don't want to fix the fentanyl problem right now. We don't want to fix the illegal immigrant party uh, problem right now because Joe Biden might get a little bit of credit for that. That's how sick they are.
2: That is how sick they are. That is how twisted this whole thing is. That is how political or national security has become at the hands of the GOP. I mean, it it is an amazing thing that the the party of strength and the party of borders and the party of uh, national security, the party of law and order beats up cops. Okay, actually allows the border to be uncontrolled, even though they have the best deal that they could get on paper right now, that the president of the United States, who is not of their party, will sign into law in a bipartisan uh, uh, deal In order to secure the border and they say no because election
1: i am baffled by just how stupid baffled baffled every day by how stupid republicans are baffled by the fact that the two biggest issues in america the two biggest issues in uh, new hampshire the two biggest issues in iowa were what immigration and the economy what i tell you donald trump has said already To Lou Dobbs, he wants the economy to crash. He wants there to be a Great Depression. He wants people's life savings just wiped out and destroyed so he can get reelected president. So that's the economy. Now let's talk about immigration. Republicans are saying this is the toughest border security bill we've ever gotten. But House Republicans are saying let's kill it. Donald Trump is saying, let's kill it. On the two most important issues, we have the solutions to the best that we've had in decades. Yep. And Donald Trump says no, and the House Republicans are going along and out the Senate. This is just, This is a. these are two campaign issues that Democrats should be able to absolutely trounce Republicans on.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no question. There, There is none, except to say that when you see networks with a lot of time and a lot of shows and a lot of pundits and a lot of reporters who could cover stories like this, when you watch them, they choose to cover the E. Jean Carroll five-second testimony that Donald Trump gave in the damages portion of a trial that's already been decided and his guilt has been assured. His guilt has been, uh, you know, uh, 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 voted on by the jury, and they have found that he did it. He did rape her. I mean, so this is the pro- this is why I think I'm so excited that John Stewart is back. I swear to God, because maybe now people, young people, uh, you know, uh, middle-aged people, uh, obviously people my age, know John Stewart from 1999 on out, right? So. I just hope that there's one place where we could all have a shared experience every night where, you know, just the absurdity of all this. Not the partisan politics of all this, but the absurdity, the, abs- the, 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 the amplification of, of the, the ridiculousness of our politics now needs to be broadcast. And I really do think that we're down to the point where a comedy show is the only vehicle that could do it. Because I swear to God, I've been, I mean, the TV, usually it's on CNN. Okay, it's on MSNBC today because I thought for sure they would cover the UAW, uh, you know, endorsement. I thought for sure they would cover that the economy uh, was just clocked at 3.3% GDP, which is amazing. I thought today that they would, you know, uh, uh, be reporting how, you know, uh, Peter Navarro, you remember Peter Navarro, uh, Donald Trump's trade advisor? I just saw him in person. On the beach, he just got sentenced today.
0: Mary, how does the man, fall? Oh, we believe that all men are created equal the magnificent mosaic that is America. Radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream.
3: Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock knock. Who's there? Hey! It's a statement of your imagination.
8: For Randy Roadshow. Turn up your mind.
3: Our plan is delivering for the American people. Building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up, not the top down. That's what I said I was going to do. That's what I tried to do as a senator and vice president. But because when we do that, the poor have a ladder up and the middle class does well. And the wealthy do well, although they should be paying a hell of a lot more taxes. Yeah. Huh. We all do well. Right. It's called Bidenomics. If you notice all the major, all the major economists who are talking about there's going to be a recession next week, next month, but all of a sudden
2: they're seeing the Lord. <laughs> All of a sudden they're seeing the Lord. No, I mean, honestly, this is a man who said uh, what his plan was and actually executed on it and uh, created a soft landing for a very troubled economy. We've done the best of any of the industrialized nations in the world, including any country in Europe, any country on the planet. Uh, that is recovering from obviously broken supply chains and COVID shutdowns and the whole nine yards. Uh, his plan worked the best of all the plans out there in in hundreds of countries. Uh, America is reaping the benefits of his uh, smartness, of his, uh, you know, belief in Bidenomics, of his investments in this country, of his endorsements of unionization and, uh, you know, uh, 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 the organization of negotiations, and they produced results all throughout the summer for teachers, for nurses, for actors, for writers, for automobile workers. I mean, it's right in front of everybody's face. You could see it, you could smell it, you could taste it, you could hear it. You can go dr- drive down your, your street and look at the sky and you can see the price of gas. You can see it all. You can see it all working. And it's amazing to me that what we should be doing is spending the next 10 months talking about how good a bad situation has become, how Everything has turned around in our favor, and by ours I mean the middle class, the upper middle class, the lower middle class, that we want this child tax credit back because we know what its effect is. And, you know, there's a tax bill in the Senate that they're working on too, but obviously everything's off the, off the table now. Everything is, you know, stuffed in Mitch McConnell's back pocket because, as he said yesterday, the politics on this has flipped. Yeah, the politics has flipped. And they don't want Joe Biden to get credit for any of this or anything more than he's already gotten credit for. And so they're not going to do the border deal uh, because Donald Trump is very busy being on the phone, calling everybody up, saying we can't have a border deal. I want to run on the border being a mess. I want to run on the chaos. I want to run on that, and so uh, we cannot have that happen. We cannot have uh, you know. And and Laura Ingram is saying it out loud on the TV. Is this a border deal done in the Senate, McConnell? Yeah, d- we we, we reporting dad. from yeah. Jake. From speaking of uh, things that are over, uh, reporting from Jake Sherman late today right. that McConnell uh, is, sent, is told a closed meeting of Senate Republicans. Maybe you were there. That the politics of the border has flipped for Republicans and cast out on linking Ukraine and the border.
0: Well, we know two things. Number one, it's dead on RIVAL. Number two, dead. the Democrats prefer the issue than any solution. Oh Never God. forget that on any issue impacting marginal people, they go with problem,
4: not with solution.
2: Uh, you're insane. She just said to you, "Is isn't the solution dead?" Because you don't want to give uh, uh, Joe Biden any credit. And he goes, yes, I, I, and then goes through the looking glass, makes up and down and black and white and left is right. And, you know, I said, oh, the Democrats don't want to solve the problem. The Democrats have worked to put together a bipartisan deal, a bipartisan package on the border, giving everything you could ever want and more. It's the best deal you will ever get. Okay. And this is a replay of 2013. This, this happened. We lost 10 years. We lost ten years in a, in a chaotic uh, immigration uh, you know scenario simply because ten years ago, in 2013, the Gang of Eight remember them bipartisan Gang of Eight came up with a, a comprehensive uh, immigration package, and gave it to that Republican House, headed by John Boehner, and Eric Cantor was the majority leader. Right? It was a it was a, a Republican House, and they never took up the issue of border. They never took up a comprehensive immigration reform. They didn't want to give credit to uh, Barack Obama. They didn't want him to get any credit for solving the, the, the issue at the border. So they just let it, they let it lie. And they're doing it again. And he has the temerity of this Tim Scott. How can he be all, uh, you know, about Jesus? Which is, you know, don't bear false witness. I thought that was one of the big ones. Sit there and lie on television, no less, about how the Democrats don't want to solve the problem when Mitch McConnell had a meeting yesterday and said this is a political choice that the Republicans are making because the politics have flipped and no one wants to give Joe Biden any more credit than he's already getting for a good economy. Nobody, oh, and by the way, the economy is good in spite of all the Republican arguments that immigration is somehow bad for the economy. Okay, that's a lie too. But set that aside. Now we have this uh, agreement on how to secure the border and the National Security Party says, oh, well, the politics have flipped and so we no longer want to do uh, immigration reform. I, 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 and he lies. He just sits there and lies. I goes, well, that's what the Democrats do. They don't want to solve. They prefer the issue. No, you prefer. Oh, my God. This is what I'm saying. It's, it's so crazy. It's so bizarre. Nothing if Biden gets credit. And everybody knows this is as good a deal as it gets. They
4: got as good a deal as they could ever hope for sitting right in front of them. Right front it of actually them. reminds you a little bit of 2016 when the, the entire chant was build that wall, build that wall. They love the immigration issue. They said there was a crisis at the border. And then Donald Trump gets elected. They control both houses of the Congress. For two years, they own Washington and do nothing. And right. There's no border wall bill. Yeah. They like the issue. They like to bang the drum about it. Now they even have some of their own people, Republicans, saying, we're there. We're at the 20-yard line. We're entering the red zone, this thing that we've said we've wanted for so long, and you won't take the deal. You won't take the deal. And now we're even hearing yeah. some rumblings, Jonathan Lemire, inside the Senate, that Mitch McConnell might be getting a little shaky on this and uh. saying, well the nominee what he's calling Donald Trump inside this caucus me the nominee doesn't want us to do this deal so the House has been the problem. Oh is it gosh. spreading to the Senate now is the it's, question. It sure looks that way. That The analysis appears to be changing, that it's not just the House Republicans. It now looks like it's going to be the Senate mm-hmm. Republicans too. Uh-huh. Minority
1: Leader McConnell, in a closed-door meeting with his colleagues yesterday, suddenly s- spoke
4: very differently about this deal than he had in the past. We know McConnell has been very strong and adamant that the U.S. needs to support Ukraine. He still is. But now he thinks these, these packages might need to be separate, which would
1: doom the Ukraine funding because right. there wouldn't be enough support because the only way to get some Republicans to back Ukraine would be to have this border security deal. But McConnell is admitting that Trump is saying we don't want this deal. And he is suggesting, he says here, quote, the politics on this have changed. He says we don't want to do anything to undermine him, him being Trump, meaning we don't want to take an election issue away from Trump.
2: And Tim Scott just sits there and lies to your face this morning or last night on on Lala's show and says, oh, it's the Democrats that don't want to solve the issue. They prefer the issue. It's your freaking candidate. It's the guy that who, whose butt you licked in public yesterday. It's that guy who is an impediment to national security. He's the impediment to securing our border. He's on the phone and has been on the phone calling House Republicans uh, to the point where Laura Ingram said, "Oh, and I, I, th- the president calls me too. He calls me too, and he says, you know, uh, he told me he not he didn't want any solution to this. He wants, uh, yeah, and he said uh, that he's been talking to you, Mike Johnson, House Leader, Speaker." And Mike Johnson goes, yeah, you know, I talk to him all the time. You're right. He doesn't want this deal. And then Tim Scott, who's auditioning for vice president of the United States by kissing the ring and other various body parts in public yesterday. I just love you, man. By dissing the woman who actually appointed him to the United States Senate, Nikki Haley, right? He had to diss her. And Trump actually said to him, you must really hate her to be doing this, to endorse me when she picked you. No, I just love you, man. I just love you. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Now he's on the TV going, oh, no, it's the Democrats that don't want to solve the problem. Oh, my God. If if anybody repeats this to me, if anybody comes at me from the Republican side of this audience and says we're the ones that don't want to solve the problem, when it's clearly Donald Trump who wants this issue, who won't protect the border, because it works for him in an election, I'll rip your head off.
6: Roads.com.
4: Go, go for
6: launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show.
8: Oh, Joe, you're exactly right. I mean, how much longer do we need to say that the Republican Party is pro-America? Huh. Like, they're pro-the Republican Party. This is some of the biggest political they're malpractice. They're pro-Donald Trump. Yeah. They're pro Don- they're not even
1: pro-Republican Party. They, they, these actions hurt the Republican Party.
2: You're us. exactly
5: right. Because if you're a House Republican or a Senate Republican, what exactly are you
8: running
2: for re-election on in November? You have done nothing. <laughs> nothing. Jim Messina, everybody, you have done nothing, nothing for the American people. You've done nothing to raise wages. You've done nothing to solve the supply chain issue. You've done nothing to stop gouging. There was an anti-gouging bill on the floor of the House back when we were being gouged like crazy on eggs. Eggs were what? Like $9. Do you remember that? $9 for a dozen eggs. There was an anti-gouging piece of letter. They all voted no. They all voted no. You just take it. Take it, everybody. Just just starve. And then we'll point at it and say, look what Joe Biden did. He did that. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. They don't want to solve any problems for us. None problems are their friend problems are their buddies problems are things they can point to and exploit they're not things that they're interested in solving they're, they're issues for them issues to be exploited and lied about because there's always a solution we are the United States of America and when Joe Biden says there's nothing we can't do if we do it together he's not he's not uh, you know uh, full of crap okay that's just a fact that's just it's who we are it's what we do I mean, we didn't even have an air force uh, you know when world war II started and then all of a sudden no uh, we became the most preeminent uh, you know a dom- sky dominating country in the world <laughs> airspace became our thing no i i mean honestly they are so phony and they are such uh, frauds and and such front running you know uh, phonies on everything any issue you could care about i don't i, I don't know you know like what your issue is for, for the most part, everybody says it's immigration and the economy. Well, you know, we've got uh, solutions for, for both. One you can see and feel and you can actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, know worked. And the other one, it's written. It has bipartisan support in the Senate, and now it doesn't. Why? Because Donald Trump got on the phone and called Laura Ingram and other Fox News hosts and told them to tell the senators that they would not allow this to be solved. They liked the issue more, and they said it out loud. They said it out loud, and so the people watching this, uh, I don't think they put two and two together, but the people who actually go on those shows, they understood what the message was. And that's why Tim Scott showed up there talking to Laura Ingham, going, The Democrats don't want to solve the problem. They want the issue. Oh, my God. You talk about a 180 on the truth. It makes you feel nuts to watch that, that freaking thing, that channel. Uh, Jahari in Michigan.
9: Hello, my love. How Hello. Are you? Good, good. About 20 years ago, I discovered you on Air America for the first time. So... I kind of thank Air America for introducing me to you.
2: Uh-huh. So, I know you
9: have some hard feelings, but it is what it is.
2: I don't um, have any hard feelings. That place was like it was it was it was it was, it was the most dysfunctional well, place I've ever worked. That's all.
9: <laughs> well, well, true, true, very true. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to talk about the immigration, uh, the, the the immigration s show that's going on. Um, I think Biden should lean into this uh if they don't if they if they truly are going to blow this up i think that he needs to beat the hell out of them with it on the stump leading right up to the state of the union and call them out before the entire country just like he did he uh, duck seasoned wabbit seasoned them on medicaid and social security uh, i'm that. sorry medicare and social security this is this is insane
2: this is insane. It is insane. I, I honestly, I, I've never seen a, you know a, such. Um, I, I don't even know what to call it. I it, it's it's like magic where you know you you see things that aren't there. You know it's all it's all a game. It's all a show. It's all you know misdirection. It's all you know uh, pointing fingers and and doing one eighties on things that you were for. Now you're against them because it might help Joe Biden. I, I
9: let's let's just call it what it is. It's outright freaking lying it is outright freaking lying they are lying to their people, their uh, their base they are making a show of this issue and they're pretending to care about it yeah and they really don't yeah and just like they've done with every other issue abortion uh Uh, The the, uh, uh, American soldiers and defense, just like they did uh, during the Bush era, you know, uh, terrorism, Uh, all of it. I mean, they are phonies. They are outright fakes. And when Biden duck season, Wabbit season on Medicare last year, he showed us. he he, he, He made them hurt and he needs to do it again. And I also think that he needs to lean into his into this narrative about his age. Because Joe Biden, yeah, he's eighty. So what? Old does not mean. you know how old uh, Ben it,
2: Franklin was when he wrote when he helped write the Constitution? He was eighty-one. Yeah. Eighty-one yeah. years old. Why all of a sudden is that an impediment to being uh, you know, brilliant? Why? I I, I okay, I don't know if you
9: know this, but I used to sell real estate into the trader and one of my clients. Was a ninety-five-year-old guy named Henry, and he the his only issue was that he had a hearing issue. He he had a hearing problem because he worked in a GM plant stamping bumpers for most of his time there, and he 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 he, he also got around in a wheelchair, but he didn't really need it. Um, But that man was sharp as a tack. He could talk about history. He could talk about uh, economics. I knew a guy like that too. I knew a guy like that
2: too. He was ninety-nine. He was ninety-eight years old. He was. He was my friend's father. Uh, He was a lawyer. uh, You know his whole life. His name was Ben. And when he died at ninety-nine, he was he was the smartest guy I knew. Yeah,
9: I mean, and and Henry Henry, he was also a skirt chaser in the home too. But but, um, but yeah, old does not equal. Feeble and infirmed, and let's be real. Joe Biden is a hell of a lot healthier than Donald Trump. That's Donald another Trump thing. Donald Trump is a Big Mac away from from a stroke uh, or, her, or a or hurt. That's another thing. When
2: you look at Joe Biden, Joe Biden is fitter. Joe Biden is better looking. Joe Biden is more athletic. Joe Biden is, uh, you know, uh, obviously smarter than Donald Trump will ever be. And I don't know why the Trump people can't, like, ingest that and, and know that that's observably true, demonstrably true. You can see.
6: Call in. Connect. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844.
8: I've never seen anything like this in 50 years in politics. It's the Joe Biden story that's not really being told. We're not going back. For decades, I've been sounding an alarm about how our economy has become increasingly rigged for the rich. I've watched it get worse under both Republicans and Democrats. But what President Biden has done in his first term gives me hope I haven't felt in years. It's a complete sea change. Here are three key areas where Biden is fundamentally reshaping our economy to make it better for working people. Number one, trade and industrial policy. Biden is breaking with decades of reliance on free trade deals and free market philosophies. He's instead focusing on domestic policies designed to revive American manufacturing and fortify our own supply chains. Take three of his signature pieces of legislation so far—the Inflation Reduction Act, the CHIPS Act, and his infrastructure package. This flood of government investment has brought about a new wave in American manufacturing. Hmm. Unlike Trump, just levied tariffs on Chinese imports and used it as a campaign slogan, Biden is actually investing in America's manufacturing capacity, so we don't have to rely on China in the first place. He's turning the tide against deals made by previous administrations, both Democratic and Republican, that helped Wall Street but ended up costing American jobs and lowering American wages.
2: Yeah, just saying, you know. And nobody wants to, you know, discuss this, although Americans keep on telling pollsters on, uh, you know, CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, uh, you know, Fox News, whenever the pollster asks the question of the American, what is the big, uh, you know, thing that you're concerned about, especially when going to vote this particular year? They all say, the economy. And they don't focus on it at all. They don't talk about it at all. And if they do, they just talk about inflation. Inflation is cooling. They never talked about the gouging. They never talked about fixing the supply chains. They never talked about COVID. They never talked about any of the things. They never talked about the massive investment that Biden actually was able to uh, get passed and signed into law. They don't talk about the GDP of this country. They don't talk about the manufacturing uh, investment. They don't talk about factories making the rust belt into the semiconductor battery belt now. They don't talk about any of the improvements. And, you know, if you don't say it, if you don't take credit for the stuff that you do, nobody else is going to, uh, you know, advertise your successes. It's just, it, it, it's not going to happen. I don't understand it. But the idea that we have turned the tide on the rich on the uh, And he's ready, you know, Joe Biden, if you give him a second term, I, I promise you he's ready to do the tax business that will actually hold the feet to the fire of the people who have benefited off of this economy for about a half century now, since Ronald Reagan, and make them pay their fair share so that we can have childcare, so that we can have healthcare for all, so that we can have... The things that we've earned in this country. They, I, I, I honestly, I guess because they're corporate. I don't know. I don't know what the media's issue is. But, you know, when you're staring down the barrel of a loaded gun that is Donald Trump, and the gun is pointed at your outlet. The gun is pointed at your head. And, and you know, uh, Donald Trump is saying out loud that if he's elected president of the United States, he will shut down certain media outlets. He will just shut them down because he doesn't like what they're saying now. And they're not saying much now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And they're playing this game. Why are they playing this game? Because they want a horse race, they need a horse race. They're, 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 they're literally, listen, here, here's a dirty little secret about corporate America, okay? I don't know if it's a secret or not. It's just something I learned. They live quarter to quarter. That's it. That's the extent of their planning. Quarter to quarter. And all they're doing now is looking at the next quarter and realizing we're going to be in an election. And we need a horse race. So let's create one. And they focus on the guy who's going to lose. And they give him half a chance that he would not have if the media was actually focusing on the president of the United States who is not Donald Trump, okay? The amount of success that this administration has to run on, has to, uh, you know, stand on, has to, you know, uh, uh, tell you about is, is, is unbelievable. I've never seen... An economy flip. What were we talking about all the whole time that Bush and even Obama was president? We were talking about income inequality. We were talking about the deck was stacked and the gap between rich and poor was growing wider and wider and wider. And everybody knew it and everybody felt it. And the middle class was not so middle anymore. The middle class was hanging on to the bottom of the middle. And the rich were getting so much richer. That's been flipped around now. And it's not even done yet, okay? It's not even done. We still have monopolies and antitrust to take on. We still have, uh, you know, uh, uh, mom and pops to to give a a fair shot.
8: Biden is the first president in living memory to take on big monopolies. Mm. Giant firms have come to dominate almost every industry. Four beef packers now control over 80% of the market. Domestic air travel is dominated by four airlines, and most Americans have no real choice of Internet providers. In a monopolized economy, corporate profits rise, consumers pay higher prices, and workers' wages shrink. But under Biden, the Federal Trade Commission and the Antitrust Division of the Justice Department have become the most aggressive monopoly fighters in more than half a century. They're going after Amazon and Google, Ticketmaster and Live Nation, JetBlue and Spirit, and a wide range of other giant corporations. Number three, labor. Biden is also the most pro-union president I've ever seen. A big reason for the surge in workers organizing and striking for higher wages is the pro-labor course Biden is charting. The Reagan years blew in a typhoon of union busting across America.
3: If they do not report for work within 48 hours, they have forfeited their jobs and will be
8: terminated. Mm. Corporations routinely sank unions, and fired workers who attempted to form them. They offshored production or moved to so-called right-to-work states that enacted laws making it hard to form unions. Even though Democratic presidents promised labor law reforms that would strengthen unions, they didn't follow through. But under Joe Biden, organized labor has received a vital lifeboat. Unionizing has been protected and encouraged. Biden is even the first sitting president to walk a picket line. BIDEN'S NATIONAL LABOR RELATIONS BOARD IS STEMMING THE TIDE OF UNFAIR LABOR PRACTICES, REQUIRING COMPANIES TO BARGAIN WITH THEIR EMPLOYEES, SPEEDING THE PERIOD BETWEEN UNION PETITIONS AND ELECTIONS, AND MAKING IT HARDER TO FIRE WORKERS FOR ORGANIZING.
2: AND YOU WOULD NEVER KNOW ANY OF THIS WAS HAPPENING UNLESS YOU WATCHED THIS SHOW. YOU WOULD NEVER KNOW. That the UAW, uh, you know, endorsed Joe Biden. Unless you watch this show.
6: This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844.
2: Okay, this is the uh, the head of the uh, UAW, Sean Fain, uh, yesterday. Donald Trump
0: is a scab! Trump is a billionaire, and that's who he represents. Yeah. If Donald Trump ever worked in an auto plant, he wouldn't be a UAW member, he'd be a company man trying to squeeze the American worker. Donald Trump stands against everything we stand for as a union, as a society. When you go back to our core issues, wages, retirement, health care, and our time, that's what this election's about. Yeah. Yeah. This election's about who will stand up with us and who will stand in our way? Those are the questions that will win or lose this election and will decide our fate. Those are the questions that will determine the future of our country and the fate of the working class.
2: He's right. He's absolutely right. And who the president is matters. And who's going to, uh, you know, head up, uh, you know, the the trust busting, uh, you know, a uh, uh, federal trade commission, or who's going to insist that, you know, a uh, uh, legislation gets passed that says, you know, uh, we go back to, you know, the media industry. Okay, just just so you know, when when they talk about taking on the monopolies, when Robert uh, Robert Reich in that uh, clip uh, was talking about taking on the monopolies, and he was talking about you know, there's only four meatpacking uh, companies. There's only, uh, you know, four airlines, uh, and he talked about the media. You know, and and there's only like uh, four or five media companies in the entire country, uh, but it, actually, what he talked about was Ticketmaster and Live Nation, right, being a monopoly. And this is something that I uh, believe it or not, a uh, uh, Taylor Swift uh, brought forth. You know, so this is this is an issue that was very important to her because they were, you know. I don't know what to say, jerking around her, uh, her, her fans, right? They were, they were telling them, you know, uh, get on early and then you'll have first dibs and then they reneged on the promise and her, her fans were like freaked out and she was like, oh no, oh no, that's not, uh, that's not the way I want to sell my tickets. That's not how I want my fans treated. And if it wasn't for me, the artist, and my concert tour, you wouldn't have any tickets to sell. So therefore, you're going to check yourself and you're going to do it this way, right? Well, what was not included in the Ticketmaster Live Nation monopoly is the premier radio uh the the clear channel the rush limbaugh network right all the where i work too they all own that okay it's the same company all of it all of it that's one damn company i'm sorry but that's just wrong and when you want to know, you know, like, how do I know it's wrong? Well, there used to be 100,000 jobs in radio. There used to be 100,000 uh, owners. There used to be mom and pop. And, and what were the rules? Well, the rules said you can own as as a single company, you could own 1 AM and 1 FM in a market. And now you can own all of it. And that's how you ended up with the same programming on every single radio station In Dayton, Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, in in Fort Myers, Florida. The same, the same exact shows on every single station in town. Duh. Ownership matters. It does. Who owns matters. The more owners you have, the more diverse viewpoints you get. Because people are different. Corporations are not. Corporations are in a race for profits and low taxes. And that's it. That's the extent. And how far out in the future do they think? Quarter to quarter. Mom and pops, they think about legacy. They think about you know, their children inheriting. They think about the community. They think about community service. It matters who owns and who owns what, especially Media and entertainment, it matters. This is the thing about this particular contest, okay? This is about writing a 50-year wrong. This is about collective bargaining, again, so that we can return to a very strong middle class. You know what's so interesting with all the culture wars and all that crap that passes for, you know, uh, somehow a better time they, they chose the exact wrong part of the post-world war ii era to focus on you know the republican party decided that they would choose the emotional uh performing weaponized parts of uh, uh of society after world war ii segregation white supremacy uh you know um not being able to say pregnant on television pre row right, all these things. And they would focus everything on the longing for that era based on the culture. And the Democrats also long for that era, but not the culture. The culture, <laughs> we long for that era based on collective bargaining, the strength of the middle class, the freedom that we were so proud that we secured for Germany, for Poland, for Hungary, for Czechoslovakia. That was the pride. That was that was the, the thing that that you know makes the United States good. And the Republicans decided that they would focus on the culture war. And that's the exact wrong thing because the culture was—it was shut down. You know, it was—it it was diminished. All the possibilities of everything we could do and everything we could say and everything we could laugh at and everything we could accept and everything that we could celebrate—that uh, we hadn't realized a quarter of it. We hadn't realized half of the of the joy in the world half of the love in the world half of the 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 way families could look the way families could thrive we hadn't even gotten you know a quarter of the way there they they decided that they were going to say that was what was great about the post-world war ii era no what was great about the post-world war ii era was the middle class the middle class and that's been shattered and we now have a president who believes in it so strongly that instead of breaking things, he's going to rebuild. And he's going to build new. And that's one of the things, like when I looked at where this infrastructure money went and I looked at the Cross Bronx Expressway in New York and that they're going to do the construction on the Cross Bronx Expressway in New York that will reconnect neighborhoods that were left out in the Bronx on purpose, segregate them out in the 50s And now we're going to repair that 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 decision. That's when you know what the priorities of a nation actually is. That's when you know that righting wrongs is really up there on the list of things to do. That made me so proud to read that. That one little thing, and yes, there's a lot of uh, you know bridges that are getting fixed, and like I said, the port of New Orleans is going to get a new container, uh, you know, a, a new portion of it is going to be dedicated to storing uh, containers, you know, the big things that uh, come off the ships. But honestly, that Cross Bronx Expressway, that particular project, just fills me with so much relief. Lana in Tennessee. Whoa, I didn't think you'd get to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I saved you for last. Yeah. Yeah,
5: thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, um, actually, back to trucking. <laughs> right. I spent three months trying my best to, you know, do a local job in one of the manufacturing mills that my company has, you know, because they're a flooring company. And um, I got to tell you, Randy, uh, I'm, I'll be 60 next month. And I... My hat's off to people that can do those jobs, stand on their feet on a concrete floor for 10, 12 hours straight, you know, reaching above their head, climbing up on racks to put spools of yarn in place. You know, bending over. I mean, it, it's just so just nonstop brutal physical work it's <laughs> awe-inspiring brutal. isn't
2: it it is it's awe-inspiring it, it, is.
5: it really is it gave me so much respect for these people and there was mostly young people i was the oldest one on most of the crews but i did see a few little old ladies there <laughs> that um they they were immigrants you know they and they couldn't speak english they spoke only spanish and they had been there for like 20 years 30 years or whatever